0: Welcome to another episode of the Millennial Recruiter Podcast, the podcast for forward thinking recruiters. On this episode, I interview the amazing Michelle Flynn. Having spent 20 years working in the recruitment industry, both agency side and internal, uh, Michelle decided to change her career path slightly and become a health coaching practitioner. Unfortunately, the recruitment industry kept uh, reeling her back. So she does a lot of work within some really big recruitment communities to really support people to find balance, be productive, and and to live a, a lifestyle that allows them to, to really succeed. So in this episode, we talk about everything from different ways you can maximise your health, uh, the realities of the stresses within the recruitment uh, industry and how to deal with them, and equally anything that that supports the ability to be high-performing. I really hope you enjoy this episode and if you do it's really awesome if you could leave a review at the end. Thank you so much and enjoy. Michelle welcome to the Millennial Recruiter podcast how's it going this morning?
1: It's going very well Ben a little bit chilly down here in Brighton but apart from that uh, the sun is shining.
0: No, No snow today.
1: No snow today, a little bit of ice, it was minus three when I left the house this morning for a run, Um, but uh, yeah, no, the sun is nice and bright out, so no excuses not to go.
0: You know what, that that shows dedication already, going for a run in this weather. I'm I'm certain, like, throughout (laughs) this interview we'll talk about things like that and the the self-love part and looking after yourself, because I think it's a, a key thing in recruitment. But before I give away the, the stuff that we're talking about, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and your background, Michelle?
1: Absolutely. So I actually started in recruitment in 1997, um, which was uh, before the days of sort of smartphones. So I used to post out company brochures and um, mail shotting CVs meant actually physically putting a CV into an envelope. Um, Which, uh, yeah, took a lot of time, but fortunately I I was good at it. So I spent eight and a half years at Computer Futures, part of the S3 group, before I then took some time out, went traveling, um, came back and then went and joined a Microsoft Gold partner called Conchango as their in-house recruitment manager. I did that for eight years. There's a bit of a running theme on the eight-year sort of point um, before I set up my own little recruitment business as an in-house recruitment manager for technology startups. So um, I've been doing that for the last sort of eight years again um, before I actually made a transition over to coaching. And that came from the fact that i would had a health scare. So it was six years ago now, I woke up one morning, Um, collapsed on the floor was absolutely out cold in my mind I thought I'd had a heart attack because I had a really strong sort of pain in my chest Um, my husband called the paramedics fortunately it wasn't a heart attack but it did lead to a period of three years where I was sort of pretty much constantly ill exhausted gaining weight um, and not really paying any attention to it just thinking well that's what happens when you're in your 40s Um, And then I was found collapsed again and decided I needed to make some changes. So I started working with a health coach, um, absolutely transformed my thought on how the body works and how stress impacts the body. And then when I made the changes myself, I decided I wanted to retrain and help other people fundamentally to live longer, healthier, happier lives and to learn how to live again.
0: Fantastic. And I know that for some people listening, they might be a bit new to coaching. Can you, can you tell us a bit more about what that, that means and in, in a bit about, more about what you're doing at the moment?
1: Absolutely, so, all that, so my title, I'm officially a certified health coach and a cognitive behavioral therapy practitioner, a yeah. bit of a mouthful there. Um, but basically what I do is I look across all areas of people's lives, whether that is work, relationships, home environment, food, exercise, sleep, um, self-love, as you mentioned earlier, and um, look at ways to bring balance through very practical changes. So um, counselling and therapy are amazing and they very much sort of help people that are pretty much on the floor um, get back to the level of surviving and then with coaching that takes people from surviving to thriving. Yeah. So whether the, I do a lot of work in the recruitment industry because ultimately I'm in it myself, I understand the lifestyles, I understand the pressures Um, and I work with people around mindset performance, morning routine, but giving them practical tips that they can put into place, and then I I hold them accountable to doing it, because often we know what we're meant to do, but for whatever the reason, we're not doing it, so I'm almost that little voice on their shoulder reminding them of what they're meant to be doing.
0: That sounds fantastic, because obviously, like, again, I think it's Something we're talking about more in in terms of recruitment now with mental health and recruitment, but it's a stressful job. It it, 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 and I can imagine like Estee and Computer Futures were known for breeding a level of like super high performance. Like I I think uh, they probably had the ratio of the most people billing in excess of a million pounds a year that I've certainly heard of so yeah. I mean can you tell me a bit more about like how like these types of tools can help alleviate pressure and what what people should should be doing to take more care of themselves
1: absolutely and I absolutely loved my time at computer futures yeah. I spent my 20s there I've still got amazing friends um from that I met and worked with from there and look back at it with such such happy memories and it was hard yeah. um, absolutely the hours were long although different to they are now because there wasn't smartphones back then so when we left the office um, we pretty much went to the clacken the pub opposite and there was no smartphone so you're kind of your working day was done so it's very different to the pressures now yeah. um And I don't think that it's about making recruitment easy. I don't think that sort of that's the the key thing and certainly spending a lot of time, I'm a champion for mental health in recruitment. And um, there's been a lot of talk around the fact that, is it that we're trying to sort of remove the pressures of recruitment? And the answer is no, recruitment is a difficult industry but it can also be the best industry in the world. But the point is how do we give people the tools to be able to be resilient so that when things aren't going quite so well um, when there's a dropout or when there's a client wanting to negotiate fees whatever it might be that we've got that resilience to deal with it and Mm -hmm. that's what it's really important and that's why I love the mental health and initiative um, mental health and recruitment initiative because it's really highlighting the fact that people do need support people are struggling um, but people in all aspects of life, you don't have to be in recruitment to be struggling, but yeah. um, kind of going, how do we give people the support? Because then they're going to be happier, they're going to be healthier, they're going to have more energy, be more productive, make more placements, make more money. Everyone wins.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it, it's funny as well when people talk about mental health and I think perceptions have changed quite a bit. Like I would have seen across different industries, so many top performing people that I know have mental health issues. As an example, one of my friends is probably within his music style is somewhere between the top five and 10 best selling artists within that style. And he gets lost sometimes and struggles to cope with it. And I think that it's really great that you're involved in in highlighting stuff so so what what sort of advice would you give to, to someone who's performing finding themselves under huge amounts of stress like what, what different things can they do to alleviate that
1: well I think one of the key things is firstly sort of acknowledging that it's happening because certainly in my case stress was the thing that made me ill and yet I had no idea I was even stressed because I was just used to Feeling how I felt. So, the first thing is almost doing a little bit of a check in with yourself, a bit like when you send your car in for an MOT and kind of going, How am I doing? And not just physically, because we'll often do I feel okay physically, but how do I feel mentally? Um, And then, sort of, talking is a really, really big one. And whether that is to colleagues or now you've got mental health first aiders in businesses whether that's your friends, your family, or seeking professional help from a therapist or a coach, whatever it is that you need, there's a lot of power in talking. Um, There's a lot of great recruitment networks out there. And one of the sort of wonderful things about that is people being able to talk and share their highs, share their lows, get advice from each other. Um, And then it's about breaking it down. It's not about sort of, I think people assume that you have to make such major changes. Whereas it's the little things, it's the small habits. It's the going to bed a few minutes earlier, eating an extra vegetable, doing a little bit more exercise, having a bit more connection with people, which is challenging at the moment, obviously. um, But how can we connect with people? Um, And fundamentally, I do a lot of talking about it. It's about focusing on your breathing. um, Because what that does is that's a scientific way that you can take your body from a state of stress and sort of anxious to calm so there's lots of different tips that I work with and and everybody's different so everything um, when I work with people is about making it personal to them but there's also some fundamental underlying sort of things that we should be doing and we've just sort of forgotten how to live a little bit we um, kind of look back to our ancestors and go well what were they doing right they weren't spending six hours a day on social media
0: yeah, no, of course, of course, and I think like it's something you, you said before, like obviously back in the day, you you didn't have the access to I suppose things that you do now. I mean, me and one of my clients were talking about it, and they pointed out about one person who always left work at five, and I, I pointed back to them that they probably forgot that that person went home and sat on LinkedIn most evenings. And they were, he was known for t- two of my best trainees. I, I remember being out with him and occasionally Vinny, who's been on the podcast before, would disappear for an hour because one of his clients have called him. And it doesn't matter that it's Friday at seven o'clock of the night. He's took the phone to try and uh, create more placements for himself. So obviously, like, how do you see the equipment industry has changed over the last sort of... Uh, 20 years? What, what big changes have there been for you?
1: I think the fundamentals have stayed the same, which is find a client, find a candidate and put them together. Yeah. But I think the ways that we do it are very different. Um, so that means that there is a lot more pressure because when we left the office, we left. When I started, we didn't have LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, I cu- We had little sort of Rolodexes of so, sort of all our candidates, and we used to run adverts in physical magazines, Computer Weekly. And one of the tasks was trying to come up with a job, ad, um, a job advert title that would get someone's attention. And um, S3 pretty much filled Computer Weekly um, with job ads, and we got our CVs. So, very, very different. And I think what is great now is there's amazing tools like LinkedIn, or like Hodro, or like Sourcebreaker, or all of these fantastic tools um but there isn't that switching off there isn't particularly now we're in theory working at home but actually that's living at work so from the moment we wake up the chances are people pick up their phone check their email um straight away you're in work mode so that's at half six seven half seven in the morning through to sort of sitting on the sofa maybe having a little romantic evening but actually you're sort of really focused on the phone and has that client sent through the offer. So I think that um, there's a lot of things that have made it easier. But I think that the fact that the working day has extended so much further, like when I worked at Computer Futures, I went out for lunch every day. Uh, We all had lunch at one o'clock. So we had it at the same time. There were some people covering the phones and you'd take that in turns. Um, But at one o'clock every day, I would go out and most of the time i'd be sitting out in a little cafe around region street having a chat whereas now it's a lot different particularly working at home but even with not working at home often i see people eating lunch at their desks um, or companies have got sandwich men coming in so they're not even leaving to go and grab a sandwich Mm. Um, so and also there's a lot more recruitment businesses out there so when i first started it was pretty much kind of computer futures and progressive. Um, Huxley didn't exist when I first started. And then there was sort of Huxley and then Madison Black and the other ones kind of extended out, but you just go, there's a lot of competition. So I think it's, it's a very different industry and absolute credit to all of the recruitment business leaders that are sort of holding it together in a lockdown and trying to manage their business and look after their teams.
0: It is, it's a very, very difficult thing and there's lots of balances. It's funny, actually, me and one well, of my friends were talking about the leadership book by Simon Sinek, Leaders Eat Last. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're familiar. I'm guessing I've you are. I've got
1: two so. copies of it. On ah, my okay.
0: <laughs> but I, I think you're right. I mean, now is an incredibly tough time for, for recruitment leaders. Like, I, I've seen it a lot. And I mean, even like, on, on that note, like, obviously, leadership... Like, what what leadership advice would you give in this sort of market for for someone that's done an extensive amount of coaching and and training on that? Well, yeah, what what do you think leaders should be doing to support their teams during this time?
1: Yeah, so I spend a lot of time coaching recruitment business leaders, and um, it's fascinating because sometimes when you start with them, all they want to focus on is the team. How's the team? What can I do to, um, to support the team? i have to say how are you and they're like no no i'm fine i'm fine let's talk about the team Um, or they'll allocate a certain amount of coaching sessions a month and the team will all book in and yet the business leader won't have booked in and i'm contacting them saying why have you not booked your session and they're like oh no no use it for the team and i think it is realizing that um, firstly it's not a negative thing to have coaching it's a really positive thing and people think that it's almost like admitting that they're failing. Whereas what I explain is that let's look at the world's greatest sports people. Yeah. Let's look at Roger Federer. He might be the world's greatest tennis player. He still has a coach. Yeah. So sometimes even if you feel like you know everything, you just need that coach to talk to or to sort of run ideas past. And it's those little changes and getting people to be aware of what they're doing and how they can make some small changes. And that might be, I've got one chap who now runs to work instead of driving to work. Um, I've got another guy who does um, some meditation every morning. I've got someone else who has looked at what they're eating for their breakfast and instead of eating highly sugary breakfast cereals they're now eating a much healthier breakfast and actually he sent me a whatsapp this morning saying he felt so strong he felt he could run through a wall i was like please don't do that but the point being is that by investing in yourself the self-care you are going to be a stronger business leader and it's also um recruiters are talking to me, I get contacted regularly if people are looking to move companies and they'll say, oh, I've been approached about this company. I'd love to know what you think about them because are they the sort of business that cares about their people? Um, So people are now looking for that. It's no longer just about where's the biggest uh, commission check coming from. It's about what company is going to invest in me. Um, Yes, from a recruitment training point of view, that's absolutely key but from a whole well-being perspective, what companies are doing so that they're supporting some people. And what's lovely is it's great to see there's a lot of businesses doing some really good stuff um, and some businesses who previously weren't investing the time or the money in doing it who are now coming forward. And I think mental health in recruitment has um, really helped drive that forward by making it okay to talk when we're struggling.
0: Yeah definitely and I think it's that thing is I was quite lucky where because of my dad I got exposed to things like Tony Robbins and Brian Tracy from a massively young age and I think I I mean I was sharing this with you I first went to see Tony Robbins almost 10 years ago now Um, and it it was helpful but I think what that allowed me to do was to be open-minded for coaching and I think I'll show this quite openly on the Uh, The year after, the year I made the most money, I actually started seeing a therapist because no matter how well you're doing, that often actually creates even a higher level of stress. Like it's very easy to sound. it, it sounds really good if you've got a business that's turning over half a million pound a year and there's two of you as the directors, but then... No one knows what kind of mental strain that puts on people, particularly as cash flow can go crazy. And seeing a, a CBT therapist is probably one of the biggest things for me. And it allowed me to change lots of negative habits I had. And it's something I was sharing with you before this. So I think in recruitment, when I was younger, it was seen as, oh, let's all go out uh, to the pub and get smashed <laughs> and all the 40 Jager bombs or whatever ridiculous things <laughs> I, I did uh, and I think nowadays, though, we are starting to change that culture. Like, it, yeah. yes, of course, it's great to go out and have fun. It really
1: absolutely, it's getting in that balance, isn't it? And it's not saying that you shouldn't go out and do that. And I think if I was telling my clients to give up drinking, mm-hmm. I'd be very unpopular. Um, but it's about that balance. And um, there's a few people that did Dry January who have now decided to carry it on, and they said that they just had not realised how rubbish they used to feel on Mondays. And now actually on a Monday, they feel fully fired up and ready to go for the week. So it's like, absolutely, enjoy a lovely bottle of wine. It's Valentine's, sort of have a nice, lovely meal, no problem at all. But when you are sort of using the alcohol to just deal with the stress of the day, alcohol is actually a depressant. So it just makes it worse. Um, And there are a lot sort of better ways to do that. It's just finding what works best for each person.
0: Yeah definitely definitely I think I, I'm i a massive advocate for, for moderation because I never used to be uh, a moderate person I used to try and do it all at once and as much as possible and I realized that that caused me some issues whereas now being into moderation it, it has allowed me to achieve more and obviously like I think you, you mentioned yourself about going running this morning how important do you you see an active lifestyle as being in terms of supporting productivity?
1: Oh, without a doubt. Absolutely key. For me, um, my morning routine is non-negotiable. Yeah. Um, so the running, okay. So I don't run every morning. It's a, I'm trying to do more of it, um, but I actually do yoga every morning. And okay. that is a non-negotiable. I will purposely plan my morning around it. Because I know if I don't spend that time doing some movement, doing some breathing, and with the running even better, getting outside because that's key. Um, I just know that I'm not going to be productive through the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So I think it has to put your you've got to put your non-negotiables in, and I do that a lot with people. We really plan their mornings minute by minute. And I had one chap. Um, he said to me, "I'd love to go running." He said, "But I haven't got the time." He had a long commute when we used to go into offices. Um, He was um, senior in um, a finance role for a recruitment business. And he was busy and he had two kids. He said, I I don't have time. Mm. So I said, right, let's look at your morning. And we broke it down minute by minute. And he was not spending time on social media, but we found him half an hour in his morning before he left to go to work. So he started running in that half an hour. And now he's done a half marathon and he signed up to a marathon. So I think it is how we start our day off and it's hard at the moment because lots of people are rolling out of bed, staying in bed a bit longer if they're not going to an office, straight to their desk and expecting to be productive. And actually, you need to move your body, you need to get the blood pumping, the blood carries the oxygen around your body and your brain needs 50% of the oxygen you breathe. So if we're not getting the oxygen into our brain, how can we think straight? And mental health and brain health are the same thing because our brain and our mind is the same thing. So if we want strong mental health, or we'll refer to it as LeBron James does, mental fitness, then we've got to be making sure we've got a strong, healthy brain. So exercise, there's nothing that exercise doesn't improve, um, whether that is what you look like physically, if that's what you're going for, but the whole mental piece and just having that space to, sort of be with yourself is a brilliant act of self-care
0: yeah yeah definitely i i'm so with you on that like my days tend to be a lot more better when if i've had a a training session in the morning i think if you find time to do it and again i i used to relieve my stress i remember talking to my therapist about this just by chain smoking all the time it was going out and smoking 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 now i've not smoked for about a year and a half now um now I use boxing I'm so much more productive yeah. because I it gets it out of me if I've had a I have had a do not know placements not show up or a, a client come back on something it's a bit silly or like one of my team members is having issues doing five minutes on a boxing bag is probably the best thing in the world for me I think this is a thing like you, you said it yourself before but like one thing about coaching is a lot of top performers in the world have coaches yep and it is if we can't necessarily afford a coach early on, it's finding ways to to coach ourselves, to take ownership over our development. I mean, for you, what would you say, like some of the trends of the high performance that you see now are? So we obviously mentioned exercise. What, what else do the high performers do in this type of uh, market or this world?
1: Yeah, they did a lot of research into um, what the t- world's sort of top executives and top athletes do. And they came up with six things that they do And each of them do that in different quantities. But the first one was, uh, this is their morning routine. They take some silent time. So mindfulness, meditation, breath work, whatever you want to call it. They just take some time. The second one is affirmations. So they talk positively to themselves. The third one is visualizations. So they actually visualize whether it's that football in the corner of the goal, whether it's the rugby ball in between the two posts, whether it's a boxer knocking out their opponent, they're visualizing it. Exercise comes in there. Reading comes in there. So self-development, massive for brain health. And the final one is um, writing, doing some journaling. um, And whether that is just a bit of a brain dump, whether that is just planning your day, feeling organized, whether that is when you feel overwhelmed, you just write everything on a piece of paper and start kind of going through it. So they were the six things that came up and, the whole point that they said was you don't need to do each of them for an hour. You could do each of them for one minute. Yeah. So that adds up to six minutes. We can find six minutes in a morning. Um, we spend that on social media when we're kind of in bed or in the loo. So you can find the six minutes and do those things and you are just setting yourself up for success. But if you think that you can keep going without any breaks, it's like, sort of playing a football match and then putting another football match back to back and then putting a third football match. By the end, you're going to be exhausted. And that is what's happening when people are pushing and pushing themselves. You can't work at that level all of the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we've only got a finite amount of energy. So it's how we gain more energy by doing those types of things. But equally, how we then pick and use it. How important is it? Do you think it is to take space away from recruitment? So, oh, if...
1: completely like, just no doubt. There's a brilliant podcast I listened to recently, and it was all about active rest. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of talk about the four day working week. David Stone is doing that with his business very, very successfully. Um, it's really important to take time away. Um, it's when we come up with our best ideas, if you're sat there and you're right in the sort of thick of it and you can't find the answers, the best thing to do is get up and move away from your desk, whether that's going out for a walk, whether that's dancing around to your favorite tune, whatever, but to just give your head that time to sort of decompress and you're gonna come back stronger. So yeah, it's the thing that um, lots of people don't do. And at the moment, particularly with being on Zoom all the time or Teams or whatever video tool you're using, um, people are exhausted. Yeah. um and also when you are staring at the screen there is something that happens with your breathing that basically means you don't breathe properly and if you're not breathing properly you're not thinking properly so it's absolutely critical
0: definitely 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 I think like, even for myself it's something I learned early on like when I was younger I always used to go out to big drum and bass events and really enjoyed it so I was thinking about a type of hobby study and literally my thing away from work is DJing I love it really? but, I know that when I'm, if I allocate that two, three hours a week to spending time on my decks, it actually supports my productivity in work because it means that when I go into my work zone, that I'm more focused.
1: Absolutely. It also gives you something to talk about with your clients and your candidates. Like, let's be honest, they're all bored of talking about COVID. Let's talk about (laughs) something different. We talked about Marvel characters. (laughs) And you're like, let's have a chat about something else. So give yourself things to talk about.
0: It's actually really funny you say that. Um, On the the last vacancy, I actually qualified. Me and the the client I was qualifying it with (laughs) spent about 10 minutes talking about online gaming and Call of Duty. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Absolutely. And that is completely it. It just... It is that variety, isn't it? And it's what makes you stand out as a recruiter. Anyone can phone up a client and go, have you got any jobs? It's how do you make yourself stand out so that people want to come back to you and give you their business? Um, Same goes on the candidate side as well. So um, I think it's really important to take time out and certainly sort of my light bulb moments where I come up with a solution or, or, you know, you know, if you're trying to remember the name of a person or a movie and you can't remember it, it's driving you mad. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. We need to just give ourselves. Sometimes our brains need a bit of time to catch up.
0: Definitely. Definitely. And obviously like we spoke a, a bit about like personal development, who are your sort of favorite authors or blogs or things that you go to, to do your development?
1: Yep, absolutely. So I've got two podcasts that I listen to. And the reason that I picked two is that it was too stressful to be subscribed to more. And I just found that I was stressing out by the fact that I was behind. So the two podcasts that I listen to, um, one is an English doctor called Dr. Chatterjee and his podcast is Feel Better, Live More. Yep. He has all of the top experts within the health and well-being space, but he also had Gareth Southgate on recently. <laughs> Um, And the other one is an American plant-based ultra runner called Rich Roll. He used to be a lawyer. He was an alcoholic. His life was basically going to pot and um, he just changed everything. And I love the way that sort of he he presents. I really like the guests that he has on. Again, they're really varied. So they're my two go-to podcasts. I've done Tony Robbins. I went to his virtual event and can't wait to go to his in-person one. And He's fab. Um, I use some of his techniques. I I work differently to him. Um, He's a very sort of boisterous, high energy character. He's fab. He got me breaking the wood with my hand and that worked. Um, But I think it's also interesting sort of to, I like to listen to a, a variety of, or read a variety of different books. So whether it's specific about nutrition, there's a book called How Not to Die by Michael Greger he's kind of my go-to person for that. Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep, is my go-to person on that. Matt Haig, Reasons to Stay Alive. His book is brilliant about understanding depression. So there's kind of a a go-to expert in each space, depending on sort of what it is that I'm deep diving into at that point.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think uh, I'm a real advocate for personal development. So I'd certainly recommend any listeners to to go and look out there for for stuff. Now obviously like we, we've not really spoken too much about nutrition today I know it's something you're really passionate about like what sort of nutrition tips do you give to for someone to support their high performance
1: absolutely And it's so underlooked at and it is so important because our gut and our brain have got a nerve that runs between them called the vagus nerve, which is like a communication superhighway. They're talking all the time. And we all know, you know, when you get that gut feeling about a candidate and you just (laughs) know that they're not going to take the job, even though they're saying they're going to. And often our gut is right. So um, gut health is key to our our whole well-being because our immune system 70% of it lives there Um, and I think people get a bit nervous that sort of oh my goodness does this mean that I can only eat boring food (laughs) and you're like no it's really simple we need to eat more plants Um, okay if people want to be eating meat and fish and dairy just invest in the good stuff invest in the organic stuff that isn't filled with antibiotics and growth hormones Um, but the main thing is just put more plants in whether that's fruit, veg, nuts, seeds, whole grains or legumes the more of those that you can get in the more variety of that that you can get in the better your body is going to feel so it's really key we know that if we have a, a dodgy kebab um, or a, sort of a late night and d's that we're not going to feel great so we do know that but again we kind of just get used to feeling bloated or lethargic or sort of not having a great experience in the toilet you know what that means i don't need to go into <laughs> the detail but it's like your body's trying to tell you it's not happy we've just got to listen to it
0: yeah yeah exactly And know uh, my advice for anyone listening to this is to take care of yourself it's something that I noticed in my 20s, I could get away with anything. But then as you get older, it's a bit harder and it has more of a toll. I I shared with you, like, I I stopped drinking quite a while ago. No, it wasn't really planned. It just happened. But it happened after I had the worst hangover in the world. And suddenly I realised I'm doing that. Like, I I can wake up on a Monday morning and I'm fine. I'm ready to go and rock it. And I think in recruitment, there is that thing that, that the more like the more focused energy you put into it. And I say focused energy, you don't need to work a million hours a week, but if you're focused for your sort of 40 hours a week, you you can achieve incredible results.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there's always going to be the days where you need to put a bit more in. Suddenly you get a hot contract job in or a candidate's trying to change their mind on a Sunday night. And that's recruitment, isn't it? That's not going to change. We're not trying to change that, but it's just about realising that, sort of sitting at your desk, staring at your screen, pretending to be working um, and sort of, or people sort of phoning their sort of someone to get their call stats up. And it's yeah. not, it's not a worthwhile phone call. Sometimes you're better off just going, do you know what? I'm done for the day and I'm going to go and enjoy myself for the evening. And tomorrow I'm going to come back and I'm going to be stronger and ready to go.
0: Yeah, exactly. It is creating that balance. It's something um, one of my previous guests said, actually. Like he loves his marketplace but he said, if you really love your marketplace, you're always going to want to invest time into understanding it more, reading more blogs, listening to marketplace specific stuff. He said, you don't really need to work insane amount of hours. And I think it's that thing, isn't it? You want to have that balance. Like I encourage all of my team to have balance because there are going to be those times when suddenly a company want to load of contractors and we've got to try and fill it. But equally, when those times aren't happening, it's okay, guys, it's fine to have some rest, have some time off, have balance. Because what I think I've seen in terms of real long-term success, if you have balance, you then have more energy to do stuff and you don't burn out. And burnout is something you you certainly do want to avoid.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's it, is that the the scary thing is, is that we all sort of wait for that health scare and we all assume we're going to get a second chance. And sadly not everyone gets a second chance. So don't wait. Um, Isn't it better to prevent yourself getting sick rather than getting sick and then trying to fix yourself. Um, And you're completely right. Just by taking those breaks and, and if you love your market, like I did.net recruitment, that was my space. And, I got to know all the developers and when I'd host my dev beers there'd be a hundred developers and and they were my friends that wasn't work that was me hanging out with a load of people a number of them were at my wedding Um, and yeah there's that definite difference between and it's great if you have that passion about your market I would sort of say try and get passionate about your market because god it's going to make it so much more interesting when you're having the conversations and when I talk to um, people about what markets they're doing or if they're thinking about moving market, it's like, right, how do we get you in a market that you love? Um, Mm. But yeah, you need to, you need to take breaks. It's really Mm. important. Um, Bill Gates goes off for a week in his little cabin with no technology and just a load of books to read. Mm. Um, That'd be nice. I'd like to have a little cabin to go off to. I haven't, I've got a camper van. Maybe I'll just go and sit in that. But um, yeah, I think uh, it's very underestimated and I think it has been proven um, that you can make yourself a lot of money, but you don't need to kill yourself in the process.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Fantastic. Final question for me then, Michelle. Um, If you're speaking to a new recruiter today, what would be the the top piece of advice you'd give them to have long term success?
1: Oh, that is a tough one. (laughs) Oh, God. What would I give them? I guess the first thing I would say is find the most successful person in your business and you attach yourself to them. <laughs> Basically, um, who is the best person at business development? Who is the best person at closing candidates? Listen to them. What are they doing? What are they saying? So from a, an actual learning recruitment point of view, there would be that. Yeah. Um, I'd also say really enjoy it. Like, It's a great industry to be in. Um, And from a health point of view, I just I'd say it's about balance. It's about having fun with it. Yep. Going out and having drinks after work when we're allowed to do that. Um, But bringing a little bit of balance into it, eating a few more vegetables, getting a little a little bit more sleep, because that's going to make you more alert, more productive and make more money, which is fundamentally why people do recruitment.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Michelle. For everyone that's listening, make sure you connect with Michelle Flynn on LinkedIn. She's a a real great person in terms of understanding how you can perform more. And I'm a real advocate for everything that you've said within this. And equally, follow mental health in recruitment. It's a very important thing. Thank you so much, Michelle.
1: You are welcome, Ben. Have a good day.
0: You too.